Star Wars 7x7 episode 1354 today. Rey's first days on the island of Octo and her interactions with Luke Skywalker before the training begins. Punch it, Chewie. Hello, everybody. I'm Greg Proops. You may know me as Fode from The Phantom Menace. And you're listening to Star Wars 7x7, the only daily Star Wars podcast. I love you, Alan. Hey, Rebel Rouser. I'm Alan Voivod, and this is Star Wars 7x7. So this is another in our series of looks at the last Jedi novelization. We are in part three of the novel, and we are starting to dive into the interactions between Rey and Luke Skywalker. So the part that we're going to cover today covers only the first three days that Rey is on the island. And in case you were actually wondering about the amount of time that she's spent on the island, well, so far in the novel, we actually have hard numbers. Granted, we don't necessarily know if a day on Octo is the same as a day on Takodana or Dakar or in deep space, for example, but at least we have some semblance of an idea. And so the exchange that happens between Ray and Luke inside the tree, that happens on day three. Or, uh, yeah, I guess that's maybe day four, technically speaking, <laughs> because she arrives on the island and he tosses away the lightsaber and, yeah, you know, what's up with that? What is he doing? Why? So it's the next morning that he gets up and Ray is out there saying good morning and she's following him around. And that's when we get the description of him going to the Thala Sirens, which are described as sea sows in the book, and getting his green milk, which is silly until suddenly it's a little unsettling. And there's a great line from Ray in this where she says, Is this something where you're pretending to ignore me, but you're really teaching me lessons secretly? And he says, It is not. And I love that kind of idea. It's actually almost a bit of a, a karate kid like idea, you know, the whole, you know, clean the fence and, you know, uh, wax the floor and so on and so forth. And that was a rather neat little thing that Jason Fry added into the novel. And then the big event on day two is the spearfishing business. And, you know, Luke says that he's not using the force. Ray actually asks him outright, did you use the force to do that? And he says, no. And, you know, it does actually raise a bit of a question. You know, if he's closed himself off from the force, that would in theory mean that he can't use the force, right? But that takes some serious talent. So how long has he been on that island where he can use this giant spear that is just so incredibly long and spear a fish from, you know, hundreds of feet up, something like that, without using the Force? I mean, there is that whole Legends of Luke Skywalker thing where he went to that other island and, you know, learned spear fishing with the folks on that island. But yeah, I don't know how it's not the Force or if he's just lying to her and saying he's not using the Force. But then again, even if he is lying, then how is he remaining, quote unquote, closed off from the Force and not still using it somehow for a stunt as rather remarkable as that? And it isn't until day three, the third full day that she's spending on the island, that something actually happens. It's the scene where we see her, you know, walking up the hill in the rain following Luke. And just to hear something else other than the sounds of the island, she starts telling him her life story. Just 
how she was scavenging on Jakku and eventually to how she came across BB-8 and the whole story of The Force Awakens. And she's doing it not necessarily to get through to him, just to at least to hear something else other than the sound of the wind on the island, but also thinking that if you know, nothing else, then maybe she could also be possibly annoying him, which at this point is something that brings its own satisfaction. And it's then when she hears what is described as a sweet sound calling to her, and she turns around and heads in the other direction, and it is the tree where all the Jedi texts are being housed. Although it isn't made clear what it is actually that's making the sound. Is it the tree? Is it the books? The books themselves, when she sees them, even though they're lit by a crack in the tree, she says that it seems like there's a faint glow about them, or the narrative of the book says that there's a faint glow and that there's almost a thrumming in the air, that she can feel the energy in there. And eventually when the books are open themselves, that she can't read any of them, but they seem to be filled with their own power. And Luke actually tells us the names of a couple of these books. One of them is called the Ramagon, and another is called the Ionomica. Now, here we go. So neither of them have entries on Wikipedia, so we are not talking about things that are being brought into the canon from the Expanded Universe. Unless there's something in the Jedi Path about them, which I will fully disclose that I have not checked that, so I don't know for sure, but it is definitely not in Wikipedia. And if you do a Google search, Ramagon links to a toy company. So yeah, no random real world meaning or anything like that. But Ionomica somehow goes to an Italian Wikipedia page. And when you click on it and do the translate thing, here we go. Here's what it says. It refers to a word Ion Ionoma, I-O-N-O-M-A. And it says, defined uh, to include all mineral nutrients and trace elements found in an organism. The study of them is called ionomics, and it's defined as the quantitative and simultaneous measurement of the elemental composition of living organisms and changes in their composition in response to physiological stimuli, developmental state, and genetic modifications. In other words, the understanding of physiological and genetic connections between an element and its absorption, transport, and accumulation within an organism, generally plants, though the analysis of different genotypes of the species of interest exposed to perturbations of the environment. And so when you throw on the ICA, then you're talking about a collection of things or a book of these things. So it's basically the book of the study of all the different elements of things within an organism. So that is definitely a neat little extra bit of information that we get from the novelization, those names of the two books. And there are about a dozen more there entirely. There's not, there's not as few as it seemed. I don't know. I looked only like a half a dozen or so to me in the movie, but there's definitely more than we thought, but not a heck of a lot still. And they have the same conversation about, you know, who are you, this, that, and the other that we see in the movie. But one of the things Luke talks about is, you know, is she royalty? Is she this, that, and the other? And then he realizes and says, oh, you're an orphan and goes, oh, this is my nightmare. Like a thousand people coming to the island going, am I the chosen something? <laughs> And yeah, he is definitely bitter and cynical about the whole thing. But there's a really fascinating line that Luke has that is something that echoes throughout the movie, it turns out. I mean, this is the first line. And I wish this one, if it had been in the script, that this one had been included in the movie. Maybe it's in a deleted scene. I haven't watched the deleted scenes yet. But 
I this is one I wish had been in the movie itself, and I'm going to let Mark Thompson doing Luke Skywalker's voice for the narration tell it to you right here. You've got your youth. You've got a battle to fight. A whole universe out there to explore, he said. Why come dig me up? Dry bones, tired old legends. Let them lie, Ray, from nowhere. Find your own path. Isn't that wild? I mean, you think about Kylo Ren's whole let the past die, kill it if you have to thing, and now we're getting that echoed by Luke Skywalker, but we're not really getting it echoed because we're getting it from Luke Skywalker first in the whole story of The Last Jedi. So then when she hears it from Kylo Ren, then it has additional resonance and meaning and it makes the whole thing even more complex. So I'm really curious to find out if that is something that was a Jason Fry addition to the novelization or if that's something that was already in the script for The Last Jedi and maybe it was filmed, maybe it wasn't filmed. But yeah, hopefully we can uh, find that out for you. All right, I'm going to take a quick break and then we're going to talk about the burning of the library. Stay tuned. Hey, Rebel Rouser. No sponsor on this episode today, so I just have a favor to ask instead. If you haven't done so already, please consider leaving a review for Star Wars 7x7 on your favorite podcast app. Not just a star rating, although I will say we are personally very proud of our near-unanimous five-star rating on iTunes. No, I just mean a thoughtful sentence or two about what you like about the podcast, or how happy you are that it's part of your daily routine. And more reviews means better visibility, which means more people get to share in a daily dose of Star Wars joy, and you want that, don't you? Of course you do. So please leave a review on your favorite podcast app today. I thank you, and the Star Wars 7x7 podcast thanks you. Welcome back. So when Luke talks about coming to the island to die in the novelization, he actually says, I came to this island to die and to burn this library. He tells that to Ray well in advance of the whole burning of the library thing that we see in the movie itself. So one of the things that we don't yet have the answer to is when Rey absconds with the books themselves, because she clearly has to be the one to take the books from the Jedi library there. But he states his intention clearly to her, and it raises the question, if he came to that island to die and to burn the library, why hasn't he burned the darn library yet? We don't necessarily know how long he has been on that island, but if he went there after everything went wrong with the Jedi Temple and with Kylo Ren slash Ben Solo and all the other students and whatnot, you would think that he has to have been there for multiple years at least. And so he's been thinking about burning that library, but hasn't burned that library for many, many years. I mean, what is he suddenly going to decide? Oh, today's the day I'm going to die, so let me go burn that library? Nope. So already there's a shred of something in him that's like, yeah, uh, maybe I'm not going to burn that library. But, you know, we'll get to that as we move further on in the last Jedi novelization. But for now, that is going to do it for this episode of the podcast. So thank you very much for listening, as always. And... May the Force be with you, wherever in the world you may be. Thanks for listening to another episode of Star Wars 7x7. And hey, before you get scammed by Obi-Wan's wordplay, check out SW7x7.com for show notes, links, photos, videos, and more. And if you like what you've been hearing, support the podcast at Patreon.com slash SW7x7. It's not a certain point of view, it's Destiny Unleashed.
This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox, and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2018, Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.